Hello, and here we go. We go back to the beginning. We're going to pay another visit to old Victor today. We are. We're going to get revenge on him for that first film. <laughs> well, the first mm. film was good, so that doesn't really work. But it's an intro, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I, I said last time, you know, um, when, when I was young, I didn't really like this because you didn't have an out-and-out -out monster. Yeah, it's... Um... It's not one I'm overly familiar with. Um, watching it, bits did start coming back to me from where I watched it a long time ago. Um, but it's it's interesting this because it's a I'm presuming a rush job to get a, you know to get a sequel in. Got to get a sequel. It made money, um, and everything's sort of toned down a bit, and everything's toned mm. down. It's a little bit more realistic, a little bit less sort of over the top and i'm not entirely sure that works for frankenstein i'm not i'm, I'm a bit i'm a bit uh sort of undecided on this film mm, mm. well we, we we discuss these points yep. as as we come across them but you you are right i mean they they had already thought about doing a sequel to curse of frankenstein while they were still making it um, oh, right. it, that's interesting because they didn't know it'd be a hit at that point did no they? they didn't but they did think about doing another one and yeah. of course it become a worldwide smash and uh, and so you, you know it was a go um and uh, you know james Carreras, as usual uh goes off to around the studios um columbia were involved this time this is a columbia film um and yeah he went around with his promo artwork as was his uh as his one and back then it was called the blood of frankenstein oh right um yeah and and there's a pretty which makes very... a bit more sense because one thing i couldn't work out he doesn't really take any revenge in this no he, he mentions revenge at one point yeah, doesn't he, he i'm gonna really... have my revenge yeah it, and this is um this is definitely a a sort of soft reboot already in the second film of the frankenstein character isn't it because he was he was an out and out bounder in the first one and in this it's it's sort of it's portraying him as a uh, a do-gooder that has occasionally had to do you know less less likable stuff but yeah he's definitely he's more of a more of a a misunderstood hero in this one than it's, it, a it's villain. funny that you take that stance because i, I I've, I've got whipped out the jimmy sangster book again Right, yeah, and, and 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 he's saying something similar to you. Um, if if I can just get these quotes out of the way first. Yeah. Right. So th this is him talking about going to the office, going to see James Carreras, um, and he says uh, he summoned me to his office and showed me the poster. Here it is. He said, "Frankenstein number two. We start shooting in twelve weeks." Yeah. Great, says I. Really pissed off that he hadn't asked me to do the script. So off you go, he said. Make sure Tony gets the first draft within a fortnight. The two weeks didn't worry me particularly. I was always a fast writer. What had worried me was that I'd killed the Baron off in the first movie. I mentioned this to Carreras. You'll think of something, he said, ushering me out of the office. Right? And then I'll just move forward a little bit where he says, First I had to resurrect Baron Frankenstein, played by Peter Cushing. The best way to do that, the only way that I could see was to not have him dead in the first place. No problem, I conjured up a deformed prison guard named Carl and had him arrange to execute the visiting curate instead of the Baron. Right? Yep. Then, uh, I'll fast forward where he says, it turned out to be a pretty good movie, even if I do say, say so myself. I am not and have never been a particular fan of the gothic horror cinema, even my own. Correction, especially my own. I'm not saying they're badly made movies. On the contrary, some of them are very good and all of them are impeccably made. I just don't enjoy them all that much. This is the reason I changed direction a little later and started writing the Psycho-type movies. All right? Yeah. Then he says um, about Revenge of Frankenstein, it certainly had its drawbacks. The terrible woman's part, bravely played by Eunice Gayson, and a definite slowdown in Act 2, as if Terry Fisher, or more likely the script, had temporarily lost his way. But there was plenty to outweigh these weaknesses. A lot of past-the-marmalade material, especially the early sequence played by Lionel Jeffries and the ever-present Michael Ripper, as a couple of drunken gravediggers. 
a sequence which apparently I didn't write. George Bax claims to have done it, and who am I to argue with him from this vast distance, even if I did know who he was? Right? Yeah. And then, and this is where you're echoing, um, um, Jimmy. He says, it's interesting in that in this movie, Frankenstein does nothing villainous. Unlike the original, where he murders the professor for his brain, the only spare parts he takes in this one are from dead people. His motives, as before, are purely in the name of science. The fact that it all goes wrong is once more none of his doing. Now, I, I agree to, to some degree with what he and you said, but, but for that scene in the poor hospital, when the patients know that, that the guy says to him, you took my legs, you know, and, and he, he deliberately takes that guy's arm off. He's not taking them from dead people. He's chopping limbs off when no, he wants them. Now but, that's not um, that that's not a nice person. But he's not. He's not going. That that arm's perfectly healthy. Whip it off. I, I think it was healthy. I, th I think there's genuinely stuff wrong with the poor people. Why would he? Why, why would he want limbs that aren't perfect? I don't know. Because he does say yeah, he's, yeah, he he's goes, got Harry's arm was, at the end, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, because he says the guy had nimble fingers. He was a pickpocket. Pickpocket. I don't know how that equates to you know. There's definitely some weird ideas about nurture versus nature in this film. But my my assumption, perhaps I've read it wrong. Then my assumption was that he's he's the the the, the side effect of doing all this work for the poor. Because he's not just, he's looking after everyone. That's what they're saying. It's like he's overrun with poor people and he's doing everything he can and he's helping them and he's giving them something to go. Even though he's got a bit of a, he doesn't necessarily like them. He thinks they're rancid little trolls. But I think the, 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 the getting the legs and the arms, this is a side effect benefit of helping the poor. Otherwise, why would he bother helping all the people he's not hacking bits off of? Yeah, I, I, I mean, think he's I, helping people and going, oh, I can make use of this. If we didn't have that scene, if, 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 if the patients were only against him when they find out that he is Frankenstein, fair enough. But the, the first time you see that hospital, you know, they, that, 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 they're all scared of him. Everything falls silence. You've got the guy with no legs saying, you took my legs. And, you know, this guy saying, uh, he says to Harry, that arm's got to come off. And he's like, I don't want it to come off. <laughs> you know, but he's got no say in the matter. But, yeah, I, I, perhaps it is. But why? surely if the guy went in there with nothing wrong with his arm, and they said, well, we're taking your arm off, wouldn't you go, well, I'm out of here? He might have had an ingrowing yeah. toenail. Yeah. He went in with, you know. It could be. It could be that. But well, that's interesting. No, perhaps. Yeah, but he's—I he, he, mean, he's not—he's not the out-and-out out villain he was in the first one. He, I'm not saying he's—I'm not saying he's like a—you know—he's not a saint. A saint, because he's still—he—I mean—he he thinks nothing of the poor. He's helping them, but he thinks nothing of them. He, he's constantly insulting them, saying how disgusting they are. But he insults the rich as well, doesn't he? That's true. He? Yeah, he doesn't like anyone. Um, no, but he doesn't actually kill anyone in this one. No, and, and Jimmy's right in the book. It's not his doing. What happens to Carl is nothing no. to do with him. You know, he's helping Carl, you know. Um, it, it's not his fault that he gets a knock to the head and st starts unravelling like he does. In the year 1860, I, Baron Frankenstein, was sentenced to death on the guillotine. Why had the world condemned me? Because I was the first man to create another living being. The first unnatural man. But because his brain was affected, because he could not control his animal instincts, he was hunted down and brutally murdered. But I have escaped the guillotine and I shall avenge the death of my creation.
nobody. He isn't born yet. You will witness scenes never before seen on a motion picture screen. You will see Frankenstein take the eyes of one man, the brain of another. You will see lifeless hands begin to move. You will see a man turn into the world's most terrifying monster. I've got some I've got some big questions about the plot and that but I, I'm presuming he in bits we haven't seen so he's in prison uh, awaiting execution I don't know how long their death row is but he has time to grow a beard um, he somehow meets Carl the uh, air quotes hunchback dwarf guard who's neither a dwarf nor hunchbacked um, he's got a slight limp <laughs> and uh I'm presuming at some point he said to her, you know, I'd, I'd love to know how this conversation went. I, I see your body's a bit mangled. I could give you a new body. And he's talked to him enough that, that Carl's are now willing to kill a priest to save Frankenstein so that he can give him a new body. Mm. Um, but unlike, say, this relationship is very much like uh, Dr. Solon and uh, Corbo. Cordo in um, Brain of Frankenstein. Brain of Morbius. Brain of Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, Frankenstein still goes ahead and helps him. Yeah. I know he's doing it a bit for himself because he wants to use it to highlight that he can transplant a brain. But surely if he was if he was the, just the out-and-out cad from the first one, he, he would have knocked Carl off pretty quickly. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You know, here's someone that knows his secret. He said he would help. He doesn't really probably want to. Yeah, so I, I don't know. He's a convoluted character. I, I sort of... I don't remember him in the later films. It's been so long since... I don't remember him in the later films, him being a particularly nice character, Frankenstein. So it's interesting that they, they've toned him down a bit in this one. Perhaps they thought that, they had to. Yeah, that's why I thought it would be good to, you know, do them chronologically. Yes, you know, yeah, the definitely. Frankenstein films. <laughs> and talking about chronologically, uh, yeah, the, the, the opening credits, we we actually get a, an answer to our very first episode, yes. just when and where is this set? Yeah. Um, it's 1860, uh, the yep, events so of Curse of Frankenstein. We can go back and put that date on ours. Um, yep. I do love this opening crawl where it says um, when he was, uh, uh, he was uh, uh, captured and sentenced to death, <laughs> And the whole continent sighed with relief. Did it? Because <laughs> did the whole continent know about his previous crime? Because when you think about what happened in the first one, if you take away the point of view that he's conquered death, that's amazing. What he actually does in it, he, he's a squalid little murderer. Yeah. And nobody knew. No one knew. Yeah. So what? How is? So that's that sort of... Amendment number one is the, oh, Frankenstein's now world famous, or at least continent famous, and is a name to strike terror into the hearts of the populace. I don't get any of that from the first film. No, 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 no. It It, it is amazing that this film is, is a direct sequel. It's part yeah. two, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, you know, and they have the audacity to rewrite themselves. Yeah, well, it's very, very very much following the universal mold in it with bride of frankenstein the sequel frankenstein which rewrote everything about it hmm. um so yeah they, they're sort of going down that route of continuity be damned um yeah yeah it, it, it is interesting um and also i quite like i quite like this it that makes no sense unless you write in a lot of your own backstory but i quite like this thing where it's the priest that gets killed but I, while I was watching it, I was thinking, who are these people then? Who's Carl and his other mate? 
Is this a gang that Frankenstein had in the first one that we didn't know about? Well, I want to hear that conversation with the hangman. Yeah, I how, do, yeah. how, how Frankenstein can contact the hangman? I guess Carl goes and says, yeah. that guy in the cell, um, you know, are you in on this? Because they, all three of them are in on this, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. You know? They've basically, they've um, condemned themselves. If, if this ever comes out in their court, they'll die for it. Yeah. And it's like, I can sort of understand Carl doing it. Because he he thinks he's going to get a new body out of it, um, but why would why would the executioner go along he, with it? Or has he just got a very money. low bribe level? Maybe, maybe. I do like the that the, the sequence. You see the the guillotine go up. You hear a bit of yeah. a struggle. You see the guillotine come down, and I like that cut to two glasses of red wine being poured. Yes, you know that's that that's quite clever, and yeah. uh, of course. Belonging to Lionel Jeffries and Michael Ripper. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten Lionel Jeffries is in this. Very much a cough and a spit part for him. But good old Michael Ripper. Yay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, as good as Michael Ripper is, he's out outshone by oh, Lionel Jeffries because Lionel, Lionel Jeffries is brilliant yeah. in everything he does. Yeah. He's really uh, and good I, in this. Yeah, I like the grave robbing scene where Michael Ripper's doing all the work and old Lionel's just sat there having his baguette. Yep. You know? <laughs> I don't get this either, though that what's Frankenstein's idea on this? Why does he turn up when the grave's being robbed? Yeah, that's a bit of a, a good timing there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because like... what would have happened if he hadn't have turned up? Presumably they would have opened it and gone, oh, it's a priest. Oh, well. And just the body would have been stolen. And that's any any uh, evidence gone. You'd think, Frank, why is Frankenstein stopping this? Yeah, yeah. I like the line, you know, when they realise it, because it, the, the the coffin says Baron Frankenstein, and it's like a Baron. Will we get any more for him? Yeah, yeah. That that that's a good one, and I like that. It's a priest with no head. Yeah, that's a good line. But why didn't they bury the head? I know. In... I don't know where did the head go. Hmm. Perhaps Maybe it's on a spike. It. He's forever the hobbyist, and he's like, "Ooh, I could do stuff yeah. with that." Um, I do like it that. Lionel Jeffrey's character just cucks it uh, on seeing the Baron. Yeah, good <laughs> evening. I'm Baron yeah. Frankenstein and... It's like Monty yeah. Python. It really was. The way yeah. he goes, um, and falls backwards into that, the grave. It's interesting you said that um, Jimmy said he didn't write any of this because it does feel filler. In fact, a lot of this film is pure filler. That's why I think it was a rush job. Mm. Um so this this whole sequence, as nice as it is, is pure filler. It was a late addition. Yeah, you know. Do you reckon I guess it was short Jimmy... running, and they just did this? Maybe, maybe. And and I think that's why uh, you look at the end credits. Lionel Jeffries isn't credited. It's yeah. an uncredited role. Um, and then we, yeah, we move forward three years to Carlsbrook. Yeah, yeah Carlsbrook Medical Council. Yeah, and we find out that this doctor. Is uh, is the most popular in the city, much to the annoyance of the council. Yeah, which again makes me think he's not cutting off everyone's limbs because why would he be? Oh, the poor, the poor seem to fear him, but they they go there. Yep. You know, and he's he's obviously popular with um, rich dowager aunts and things who what, let what, them examine. Why does his... he have this? Yes. Why does he have this job with the Toffs? I don't know. Unless, do they pay well? Doing that Perhaps for? they're paying it because the poor obviously don't pay much. Oh, I suppose. You know? Yeah, he's Although got all his machinery, cost him an isn't he? Leg, doesn't it? Oh, very um, good. But yeah, I think the, the his. I mean, he's obviously got even more distaste for those, you know, Mrs. Pomfrey-style rich aunt woman. He's he's like, oh, I you know. And he's, um, he's barely tolerating them. Yeah, isn't he? that's it. Yeah, he's barely tolerating. Them. So I think he's doing it. He's doing it for the money. Um, I mean, Peter Cushion in this, he's very, very dapper, isn't he? I've, I've got immaculate yeah. Doctor yes. Stein. I've yeah. written. Yeah, he is immaculate. Yeah, and the poor girl is suffering from palpitations, <laughs> and he's got to listen to her bosoms. That's he, he the really closest you his... get to her cleavage shot in this yeah one, yeah yeah he really does ram that thing down yeah. there doesn't he and then he gets his ear down there as well yes mm. yeah. so i think is you know an, another little comic scene isn't it which doesn't really add anything to the plot no no 
we find out he, he works at the the poor hospital. Yes. And we go yeah. to the poor hospital and, and there's old Victor Caroon. Yeah, yeah, Richard Wordsworth there. It's um, amazing, you know, how, how how astonishing he was, you know, in the Quatermass film. Yes. And here he's hamming Just, it up big time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I was thinking, well, they're doing a Frankenstein film. They wanted a, a creature. They've got Ed... Uh, Oh, what's his name? Ed, Edwin Gwen? What's his name? Michael Gwynn. Michael Gwynn. They've got him as the creature. They could have used Richard Wordsworth. Yeah. You know, you've got him on set. Um, it... But, yeah, it's this poor, poor hospital. It's lots of li- nice comic lines in this sequence, I thought. I quite enjoyed this. Whenever we go back to the poor. Yes. The, the, the poor are quite witty. <laughs> Bless them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it... It, it it feels, I mean, with Victor Caroon in, in that ward, it, it, it's got the feel right now of, of a carry-on feel. Yes. I'm, I'm expecting yeah. Jim Dale to walk in, you know. Yeah, yeah you could imagine Sid, Sid in one of those beds, puffing away. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it, it, it's good. But, yeah, like you say, they, they sort of, they obviously fear Frankenstein, or what's his name in this, Dr. Stein. Dr. Stein, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, we, we, we already know before he arrives, you know, how they hate him. And yep. then everything goes silent when he when he comes in. And then that, that's when the guy's like, you took my legs off, you know. And he's talking to Harry about, yeah, yeah, the arm's got to come off. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, you've got a delegation from the council. You've got Captain Scarlet and two yes, others, haven't Captain you? Captain Scarlet and a couple of others. The council uh, are pretty disgusted that uh, Dr. Stein hasn't joined the council. Yeah, um, I didn't know medical councils were that big, and had you know that much sway. But yeah, they 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 basically want him to join, so that they can look over all his work, uh, or pretty much they want him out of business, don't they? Mm. And they've uh, they've sent Captain Scarlet along, un unbeknownst to them, Captain Scarlet he he knows who Stein is, and he wants to be i suppose apprenticeship with yeah with dr stein i like the fact we've got continuity from the first film in that he was at the funeral of the professor that victor murdered the yes. guy that he, he, he yeah. pushed off the right uh, yeah he went railings. look at this picture no stand back Way. um yeah. a, a brilliant scene i laughed out loud is when uh dr stein he, everyone else leaves uh, and he decides to have his chicken, and he's using the dissecting tools yeah. uh, for his chicken. Oh, that's brilliant. That's such. Hand, good hands bit. actually says nice bit of dissection yeah. there. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't realise that Captain Scarlet is there, and he uh, he basically blackmails him, doesn't he? Which seems a dangerous thing to do. It it very dangerous. Yeah. And what I like about Peter Cushing in, in in this film is is that you know he he's mulling over what you know Hans is is proposing to him, and he's replying and very very charmingly is threatening yes, Hans yeah. that if you cross me and he's like wiping the blade <laughs> of his, yep. of his yeah, knife cushion, while he's cushion doing is so. Pitch perfect again in this is is a real highlight. Um, he decides to take on hands because many hands make light work. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so yeah, he takes him on and he decides to show him his work so far. And this is such a funny little, we, I don't think it's meant I to love be funny. It. I think you're meant to go, <gasps> but it's so funny. He's, um, he's got the armored pickpocket <laughs> that he nabbed earlier, uh, but then he's got a set of eyes, a hand, in these fish tanks. And he says there's a brain, yeah. but it's like yeah. this, this copper copper barrel. So I think that's meant to be a mechanical brain. I wonder if that's the brain of the priest. Oh, that's why the head's that might not be, in there. took his head, yeah. Anything. might be the eyes of the priest. I love cruel. those eyes, can I just say. Yeah. I love the way they look backwards and forwards yeah. like that. How are I they want, moving, I want them. I mean, obviously, there's a bit of wire moving them, but how, how are the eyes and brain moving these eyes? There's not, they're not muscles or anything like that. I don't, but it's a, it's a little comedy sequence. Unfortunately, we get a big close up of the rubber hand. Yeah. And again, yeah. you can see the seams all down it. So, like, oh, that's not, you could have at least tidied it up. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's sort of, 
showing that because he uses he gets a torch or a bunsen burner and the eyes and the brain follow and he's showing that it's got understanding yeah not entirely sure it's brilliant. that follows through but, it's yeah, absolutely it's, yeah. i want to make a little fish tank with some eyes I reckon in you it could like do that. That. yeah that would be can you imagine like you've got visitors over and they look in a fish tank, and there's just a pair of eyes following nice. them. That'd be brilliant. That move as yeah. they move. That would be good. And he also shows Hans, you know, his yes. creation. And he goes, who is it? And I like the line. He goes, nobody. He hasn't been born yet. No. I mean, it, it, it sort of descends that the, the, the creature in this film is an old man in long johns. I don't know what that tells us. But my question is, how is he making these bodies? Well, he's stitching them together, but somehow yeah. the stitches vanish. I mean, yeah. I mean, the body in the tank looks near perfect, doesn't it? Yeah, but I don't because later on we find out he's made a perfect copy of himself. Yeah, how did that... he just lucky to find someone that looked like him? Eh? I don't know. I don't get it. There's, there's. It's almost like it's hinting that these are not stitched together bodies, but then they don't really do anything with it. No, because like what you said, he said he, he's no one. He's never been alive. Well, technically, if he's stitched together, he has. It's been multiple yeah. people been alive. Yeah, it's a bit a bit weird that one. But yeah, he's got this perfect body. Or he says perfect body, if you like. <laughs> if you if if you're into uh, you know sort of middle aged paunchy white British <laughs> men um, in lo- in long johns in long johns, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it. It's it's a good little sequence, but again, it's it's again it's a step down, I think, from the original, from yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, and then the the obligatory uh, lady who's got to be in a film appears. Margaret. Yeah. Yeah, Ma- Margaret. She says she's got she wants to work with Frankenstein, and he's okayed it. It does feel very shoe shoehorned in, as if it's like, oh, we've got to have a female character. Yeah. She doesn't really do a lot, although she does cause the troubles later on. Well, you know, Jimmy Sankster has said that's the problem with my early films was I didn't yeah. know what to do with the females. And she is underwritten, just like oh, yeah. uh, before. Yeah, she's basically come to work. I, you sort of get the feeling perhaps she's enamoured of, of Frankenstein or at least um, thinks highly of his work. She yeah. thinks he's a good philanthropist sort of thing. Um, and then ends up sort of sweeping up and doing stuff like that for him. Yeah, Carl's enamoured of her. Yes, he's Carl sees her, and it's like he does the old wolf thing, doesn't he, from the cartoons? Yeah, where his jaw drops to the floor. I and do his like eyes Carl. Yeah, I like the way that Carl. He, he he's not, um, you know, the assistant from the Karloff films. You know, no, no, he's no. a very intelligent man, isn't he? Yeah, he's an intelligent man that just unfortunately has got a bit of a humpback so people tend to t- treat him as a, an idiot he's much um, like grossed in captain chronos yes know, yeah 10 yeah. years later um carl's a really interesting character it's such a shame that it's such a short film this it's such a shame that the carl disappears quickly and becomes michael Gwynn, isn't it because mm. carl as carl is much more interesting um and I, I sort of think I sort of prefer him as the character, yeah. Before, before he gets his new body, when he just yeah. becomes wet. Yes. So we have the operation because yeah, yeah. Um, we don't see an awful lot apart it's very from the restrained, isn't it? The creation yeah. sequence. Apart from the brain being plopped, yeah. plopped, plopped in the jar. That 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 was a real brain. That's a sheep's brain. And uh, they were meant to use the same brain for both times. You see brains oh, right. being plopped in the jar, but somebody forgot to put it in the fridge. Yeah. And next day when they came in, it stank the place out. So they had to go hurriedly film something else while someone went out to the you know abattoir and nabbed themselves brain. another sheep's brain. Yeah, Probably uh, doubled the budget. Mm, yeah. And I love the machinery that's yeah. carrying all this, the, the big discs that turn and the sparks Spinning and everything. Discs and, yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, not look, quite looks sure good. how this works. Yeah, but what what is it doing? Because they put the brain in the new body, and then he's like like under a heater or something. Yeah, and the machinery is whirring. I don't know what it's meant to be doing. No, I, you don't get a feel like in in the original uh, in the universe was that you you know that it's the there's some sort of secret force in the lightning 
that's giving life to a lifeless body. In this, you're never quite sure what Frankenstein's doing, what is causing that spark of life. Um, they never really go into it. No. I, 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 yeah, we don't really know. No. His body convulses, there's a bit of drama, he calms down, he, he, um, he's given a sedative. Uh, Victor says that the brain will take time to adjust to its new body. That's, yeah, that, that's okay. Victor's thing altogether in this, isn't it? That that somehow the brain knows it's in a new body and needs time to settle in to get run in, mm. um, and you can't you can't give it too much excitement or get it worked up before it's run in. Um, not entirely sure why, because we found out that uh, that Frankenstein's already done this experiment, but on a chimpanzee. He's well, given, he, yeah. he did it on a frog once, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, frog he once, took, yeah. A frog's brain put it into a lizard, and the yeah. lizard kept trying to jump because he yes. still thought it was a frog. And then, for some reason, he decides to give Otto, the chimpanzee, uh, a uh, an orangutan's brain. Yeah, and he goes, it was a complete success, except afterwards uh, the chimpanzee ate its mate and now lives off flesh. At his wife. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't know chimpanzees got married, did you? Uh well the the more respectable ones do, I imagine. Oh I see. Did you yeah. know that, that Otto the chimp is actually yeah. female? That's Lucy. Oh right. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't I didn't look that closely to be fair. Yeah, it came from a uh you know, an animal extra company yeah. that went on to provide the chimps for the PG tips. Adverts. Oh, so that might have been a PG chip. That could PG Otto could be in a PG chip. Tips advert. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that'd be brilliant if it's the one that uh, plays the piano. <laughs> yeah, my son, I'll play it. I'll, yeah. I'll play it. Yeah. So yeah, um, Paul's new body is taken to the uh, poor hospital, put up in the attic. Yes. And Carl comes around a week later. Yeah, because um, Frankenstein's plans for this are that he wants to keep Carl's old body uh, uh, embalmed, presumably. So that he can almost, I suppose, like when um, the Elephant Man was paraded around, he wants to go around the hospitals and the things going, uh, this this body was uh, hunchbacked, but I took the brain out, put it in this body, you can see it's perfect. But I don't know whether anyone would believe him. No, anyone can say this. that. Yeah. But, but he, he does seem quite caring to Carl, you know, in that first yeah. scene, and he's talking to him, and he gives him a smile, and it, I, I think he is genuine. He, he isn't the ruthless, No, devious... no, not at all. I think, he, I think he cares about Carl. He cared about... He comes across as a like a, a modern doctor in a primitive world, mm. that what he's doing is... Because we, we're used to transplants, things like that, we should be going... Oh yeah, no, that's right. He, he, he's just misunderstood. He's Galileo before his time, and these peasants are putting him down. Um, rather than the first one, where it's oh, he's a git. Yeah, yeah. Um, I when we come to vote on you know this Frankenstein creature, yeah. it's going to be difficult for me to come up with a uh, a, a number because the initial Carl creature, you know, I really like him. He's very sympathetic. Um, and this version of him that we first see, I really like, and, and, and it's so different to, you know, what we're used to in a, yeah. uh, a, a, in a Frankenstein film, but that's what I didn't like back when I was a spotty teenager. Yes. Yeah. It's cause this isn't really a film about Frankenstein's created a creature, is it? This is a film about Frankenstein's done a brain transplant and yeah. someone meddling has cocked it up. Um, yes. Because as a creature, uh, he's not really a creature, is he? He's a man right. with a scar on his forehead. Yes, um, yeah. But yeah, he, in his first scenes when he's just come awake and that, and he's, you know, he, he's being kept in that, locked away in that room. And yeah, he's very sympathetic, Carl, and it's it, it, he's quite well done. Um, but then, uh, for some reason, um, that the cleaner guy lets the lady woman, <laughs> very good with names, uh, into, yeah, Margaret, into his room because he's been spying and listening and he thinks there's a poor sod in there. Uh, and he just, it seems to be very low rentness. It's like he's meddling a bit. 
Yeah. There's no grand plan or no, that he no, knows he, who Frankenstein he's just is. Up so, yeah, he's just yeah, he's just stirring it. Um but she she goes in and you Carl obviously recognizes her and he sort of says we've met once before and she obviously doesn't remember. Um it's really interesting that the assumption is I don't know what this, whether this is um, Jimmy Sankster's badly written women or whatever. The assumption is that the only reason uh, Margaret wouldn't have fell for Carl is that he's a little bit deformed. Mm. But once he's in a new body, even though it's completely different, that she would instantly sort of fall for him. I don't know what Carl's thinking here. No, no. He wants to get out, doesn't he? Yes. um... I mean, Margaret's making a mistake now, you know, to loosen his traps. Hans has already made a mistake by saying what Victor's plans are for him. Yes. I.e., we're going to travel the world, you and your old body, so people can yeah, uh, he... see you on display. And I like his line, all my life I've been stared at. He doesn't yeah. want to be stared at. Well, uh, Frankenstein says to uh, Carl, uh, says to uh, Hans later on, doesn't he? You know nothing about human psychology. Um, yeah, because Hans is saying it as if he thinks that Carl will be excited by the prospect. Um, we're going to put you on show, in a freak show. Isn't that good? Um, and it's a, lo- it's a lovely little scene. It's really well acted. And yeah, you can see that, that Carl is like, ah, I'm getting out of here. I'm not being yeah. put on display and shown my old body. And yeah, yeah just he's, becoming he's... a thing. Yeah, yeah. He's very likable. I mean, when he gets dressed and he yeah. sees himself for the first time in the in the mirror, all good so far. You know, he climbs yes. out the window um, and and goes to the and this is where things start going wrong. He goes back to the lab, finds his old body, which has been filled with embalming fluid. Yes, um, straight after the operation, and uh, he's going to shove it in the oven. Yeah, he and, wants to burn uh, it and get rid of it. Yeah. Now the um, the the credits depict the man who who hears him and comes in and starts beating him up for no reason whatsoever as the janitor right? yeah i i thought he looked more like a like the local innkeeper or something like well that. he does i look put like surly innkeeper yeah because, that's what i did in my notes yeah well yeah he's going on our tally because yeah. you know at the beginning when victor takes hands to his lab he said this used to be a wine cellar so if there's a wine yeah. cellar, I reckon upstairs there's a pub. Yeah, I reckon in. so, yeah. That's that that's our third surly innkeeper. All yeah, right. and he's instantly a twat and he's, he's I know he thinks this guy's a burglar or perhaps come down to get his wine. But he's and he's really menacing this guy, even though he's yeah. sort of you know, old and overweight. Yeah, he's like No, I won't hit you. Boom. Ah, oh, no, I won't kick you. He's really vindictive. And he beats the tar out of Carl. And Carl goes don't yeah. hit me, please. You yeah. know, he, he's so really? nice and he's so yeah. charming, right? Yeah, but then, unfortunately, because we know that if the brain gets excited, unfortunately, it turns cannibalistic. Don't know why. Don't know what the scientific validation is of that one. But, yeah, so he gets hit one too many times and his brain sparks out, doesn't it? And that's it. Yeah. And a really good bit of acting from Michael Green, where he's like, because he's, yeah, literally seconds before he was like, please don't hit me, I'm... I'm a civilized man, and then suddenly he's an animal who murders the yeah. surly innkeeper. Yeah, right. And then he looks across at Otto, and Otto is—it's meant to be a bit of flesh that he's eating. Uh, it, it was apparently it was fruit just dyed red. Right. Um, and he starts dribbling. Right. And this is where I have a problem with with Carl now. In yeah. that I th- I think this film would have been far more interesting if all this cannibalistic, murderous, you know, desire that he has in him, he doesn't change physically. It's all in his mind, Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, he, but he instead he's animal Yeah, creature. and that's what I yeah. don't like. He When he starts, you know, getting the limp again and, and his yeah. arm starts packing in and, he and you know, he starts... Because why would he have faces. a limp? Don't know. The brain doesn't control the limp. The limp is there because he's... Uh, limbs are deformed yeah yeah it's very 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 strange um yeah they uh, stein and he thinks that captain scarlet's a, an idiot and they rush and they find that he's burnt the body um yeah. and that they're very worried that 
he's now regressed like the chimpanzee. He's now a cannibalistic killer. Um, and then, then we go outside, and it's uh, Dracula's courtyard again, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is again. Um, and but he's in the stables. He's gone. He's yes. gone to Margaret's place, and for some reason decides to hide in the stables. Just luckily, she was out on her horse, and yep. he's back to being sympathetic again. Yes, um, it's almost like good. he's the Wolfman now, isn't it? He's yeah. cannibalistic by night. But during the day, he he's a Larry Talbot style. Yeah, he's sympathetic. He knows he's done something wrong. He doesn't really want her to see him because she'll judge him and all of this. So not, again, nice nice little stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but, and she goes yeah. off and tells Hans. Hans wants yeah. to tell Victor, but she's like, "No, promise me, you come alone. We've got to we, we we've got yeah. to uh, um, help him." But uh, Carl has run away. And we've got this nighttime scene with this oh, couple. A courting couple. I, I thought it was quite it's quite near the mark where she's he he's a he's a bit of a uh, a wet rag any this courting couple guy. And she's gagging for it. And yeah, she's they get on with these, it when she's talking yeah. about ants, because he would rather yeah. look at ants. Yeah, and I thought this is this is quite near the knuckle really. This is more this is more so again, very carry on. Um yeah. But then uh, she wanders off because she realises she's not getting any tonight. Um, and uh, uh, Carl kills her. Yeah. Her name's Gerda. Gerda. So we've got a Gerda murder. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and and from now on, we get full-on caricature yes. Carl, you know? Yeah, he's, um... he's now uh, a diabolical, cannibalistic creature all limpy and bent over and that. And, um, and then we get, and I, I don't know whether this was a scene in the original Frankenstein uh, novel, but he crashes a party, doesn't he? he oh, crashes. he does. Yeah, in the novel, yeah. he does. Yeah, yeah. I, I vaguely remembered it. Um, yeah, he cra- crashes a party that, that's being run that uh, Victor's at and um, uh, the rich woman, Margaret, she's at. Yeah. Uh, and he he uh, fingers Frankenstein, doesn't he, in front of him? He, he, hobble, yeah. he, ho- he hobbles towards him yeah. and calls out his name and then promptly dies. Yeah. Now, usually in a Frankenstein film, the death of the creature is the end of the film. It's the big, yeah, something big. In this, it's like, oh, he's died. We don't need him anymore. He's gone. Um, we never see him again. We never no. see his body carried away or anything. He just falls over. And then we find out next scene, he he's dead. Yeah, So so everyone now thinks that Dr. Stein is Dr. Frankenstein. I mean, Dr. Stein, really. Um, And he goes, I mean, quite again, quite nicely, he doesn't run away or anything. He says, no, I'll go and see the medical council. And he sees him and he basically says, yeah, I am Frankenstein. I'm not the Frankenstein. Frankenstein." But not the, yes. Exactly, yeah. 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 Which I think is quite a clever thing. Um, But they don't, they don't believe him. Um, So he, he ends up, it, it, the rumor's now out that he's Frankenstein. So when he goes back to the poor hospital, uh, they beat him to shreds yeah, they, because they think uh, he's Frankenstein. Yeah. The old Victor Caroon has been stirring them up before yeah. he arrives. He says, you're just raw material for him. Yeah. And in he comes. They all go silent. But, yeah. you know, um, yeah, you can feel the tension building. Yes. And then they they quite brutally beat him up. Um, uh, Captain Scarlet comes along um and then uh i can't remember whether he, he does takes his brain out first or the police turn up and he goes no he's dead no, he takes the brain out takes first. the brain out first that's yeah. right because the police i was thinking why don't the police go hang on the top of his head's missing yeah when when he does that when he does the thing there's a yeah. nod back to the first curse of frankenstein you don't see anything but you do have to have the blood smeared on your frock yes like that, you know? yeah that's that signifies you've just done an operation yeah, and yeah, and the police come round, and he's like, "I tried to save him, but I couldn't show him the body." They now think Frankenstein is properly dead. Yes, but, but then we cut to yeah, London. We cut to London, and there's a Doctor Frank, um, Frank in Dr. Harley Frank Street, in Harley Street, and he comes out, and it's Frankenstein with a tash, yes. looking even more dapper. Now I don't, yeah. I don't get this. So, a, where did he get this body? It's a body prepared earlier, but where do you get a, a face just like his, a build just mm-hmm. like his? Um, 
Also, voice he's box missing just like his voice boxes, just like his. He's missing a trick, any because he doesn't want people to know that he's Frankenstein. Surely, if he'd have had his brain put into someone else's body, no one's ever going to go. But you're Frankenstein, and they hold. Yeah, up but a, then you wouldn't have Peter yeah. Cushing in your next film. No, would you? that's true. And I, I wonder if there was ever any talk of Peter Cushing not wanting to carry on. Because this feels he, he, like yeah. He was having doubts, yeah. you know, about you know whether to continue with Hammer because he was getting you know criticised by a lot by a lot of his friends. What are you doing right. in this rubbish, this schlocky yeah. nonsense sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I, so this feels to me like the sort of thing producers put in so that he turns up and he's someone completely different. So the next film got a different actor. Yeah. And it would have been perfect for that, but no, he's he's uh, this identical copy, and I think. Everything else has been very restrained and more realistic. And then this is just like, oh, uh, what? Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, Captain Scarlet learned enough that he could transplant his, uh, his brain okay. Yep. And that's it. That's the end. That is very, the end Very, very slight film, I thought. Not, not a lot of plot to it. No. No, no. big set pieces. Are you yeah. right? There, there is no classic scene, really. No, no, there's there? nothing like it. You go, curse Frankenstein. Oh, when he gets shot in the head. Oh, when he falls in the acid pit. Oh, the creation sequence. Blah, blah, blah. In this, it's like I'd be hard pushed to describe any scene. <laughs> well, as I say, memorable. my favourite scene are the eyeballs in the yeah. fish tank. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a very low key little film. Yeah, um, enjoyable, but it did feel to me it felt rushed and filler. You know, like a lot of it, to me, it, it it struck me as son of Kong. Well, you know, it, after King Kong. Well, as I say, it, that that's exactly it. It, yeah. it, it. it was commissioned. They were going to shoot in 12 weeks. Um, they had absolutely nothing, you know, no script, no, no actors, nothing. Yeah. And, they, and and it had what? to be shooting in three months. Yeah. Here's, here's a question for you. I don't know the answer, but I don't know if you've ever heard anything on it. The obvious route for them to go, given that it's Hammer would have been Bride of Frankenstein. Mm. You have a female, you know, you get you get lots of uh, cleavage shots in, you get this... Uh, I know we had Frankenstein created women later on, but it seems such a no-brainer for the next film. Yeah. I wonder why they didn't. Or a son of Frankenstein. Or son of Frankenstein. So, uh, yeah. It, this weird mm, sort of nothing little film they put in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, <coughs> so yeah, our actor this time, Michael Gwynn, yeah, um, was born in Bath in 1916, saw action in World War II. He was a major in East Africa, yeah, he, he was an adjutant to the second battalion of the King's African Rifles. Fair hmm. Now, he, he's been in a ton of films, yeah, and a load of ITC TV shows, um, memorable. Uh, roles uh, Dunkirk, the first Dunkirk film. Yep. He was he played a commander in Sheerness. Um, he was in Vill Village of the Damned. He was in uh, the Elizabeth Taylor Cleopatra, Jason and the Argonauts. Oh yeah, he was Hermes. Hermes, Hermes. yeah, um, yeah. And as I say, ITC stuff. He was in Adam Adam and Lives, The Avengers, Randall and Hopkirk, Jason King. Then he went on in uh, into Colditz. I can right. see him being a Stiff yeah. upper lip type in Colditz. Some others do have them. I can't remember what role he no, was in I that. But know. I remember him especially from the very first ever episode of 40 Towers. He oh, was yes. the guy, yeah. um, Lord Melbury. Yeah. The guy who reckons he's a lord. And Basil is totally taken yeah. in by him. And of course he's not. He's a complete con man, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's just got some bricks in his briefcase. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, classic. No, yeah. I, 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 he's one of those people like you always, you always uh, spot and you know him. And like I say for me, he's, he's it's uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Yes, I always think from off. But he always used to play. It's funny you say he was a military officer. He always used to play sort of either ex-military or slightly dodgy military, yeah. or slightly dodgy civil servant. He had that look, didn't he? You could see him in The Great Escape, couldn't you? Yeah. Oh, easily, easily. Um, I wouldn't necessarily see him straight away as we need a Frankenstein creature. 
No, it's odd that they went yeah. from Christopher Lee. That they wanted Christopher Lee. I mean, yeah. that original poster. You know, at that time they commissioned that. They it, it, they they wanted Christopher Lee to come back. I don't know oh, how right. that would how, work. How would that have worked? Yeah, it, it couldn't have worked. But it's odd to go from from because the selling point, as well as you know, it being the first Frankenstein film in color, was the 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 gruesome graphic design. Uh, of of the creature yeah. and and then for your second one like you say he's just got a scar along his forehead yeah it's interesting that this seems to have been very well received and i i wouldn't have said it would have done i would imagine your average your average hammer fan even though it probably weren't classed as a hammer fan back then but the average person that enjoyed curse and then went to see dracula and went oh that was good would have come to this and been disappointed mm. i would have thought it is strange. I mean, it, yeah. it's pretty mild, isn't it? Very, you know, there's nothing mild. offensive in it. But but at the time, you know, the the, the critics thought it was vile. Really? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a quote here, uh, a critic for The Observer. The whole thing is, to my taste, a vulgar, stupid, nasty and intolerably tedious business. A crude sort of entertainment for a crude sort of audience. But it leaves me with a sense of nausea rather than horror. I want to gargle it off with a strong disinfectant to scrub my memory with carbolic soap. <laughs> see, I could see that a generic statement about later hammers, you know, when they did introduce, you know, gore and uh, TNA just for the sake of it. But anyone watching this wouldn't, why would you, I don't think you'd ever be nauseated by it. Maybe they just didn't like yeah. seeing sheep's brains yeah, or eyeballs, eyeballs in, in yeah. fish tanks. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, yeah, Michael, then, he, he's got a hammer time of four. All right. He was in four things, all right? So we're going to be seeing him again. Uh, the first thing he was in, oh, what a surprise, a, a, a war film, uh, The Camp on Blood Island. All right. Yeah, we'll have to watch that at some point. Yeah. Uh, and then here in this film, then he's one of the prosecutors in Never Take Sweets from a Stranger. Oh, I don't know. about one. the kidney fiddler. Oh, dear. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I remember him. He's the priest in Scars of Dracula. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, and the only facts, really, I've got about, you know, the monster is it's Phil Leakey again um, doing the, uh, the yeah. makeup effects. I, Not I, I that must much say, makeup effects. That's the thing, isn't it? But I tell you what I did like makeup effects-wise is uh, old Peter Cushing's beat-up face at the end. Yeah, that, that was That was quite good. convincing, wasn't it? You yeah. know? That was quite um, gruesome. Yeah, so now this is this is where it's going to get all a bit difficult, I think, because we, we, we have to vote on the design and the effectiveness of Carl the Creature, not yeah. Carl before the operation, but post-op yeah. Carl. Post-op you know? Carl. I can mean a number of things. Um, yeah, it's difficult because design-wise, it isn't. It's Michael Gwynn. <laughs> it's Michael Gwynn with a fake scar. Yeah. I suppose you could go on the rating... The idea that you can have a creature that doesn't look monstrous, but I, I just don't know whether that's a particularly sensible idea. Well, they um, did it again, didn't they, with old Freddie Jones? Yes. Um, later on. But Freddie so, Jones is his own creature anyway, isn't he? Yes, he's true, brilliant. True. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not going. I don't think design-wise, I can score it. I'm going to have to score it on the scar. I mean, it's a yeah. very nice scar. I don't imagine that's particularly a lot of work involved. I'm I'm going to have to give it a three. Three. I was going to go four, but you've convinced mm. me. All right, I'll I'll say three as well. And then, and this is the tricky bit now for me: the effectiveness, because mm. we we we've got to have one vote for post-op Carl. On the one hand, he's really really good to begin with, but then it degenerates into this caricature, as yeah. I say. I, I like him when he's when he first comes around and he's erudite and charming, and I love him when he's being beaten up and he's pitiful. It's like, mm. oh, such a, oh, such a good performance, and that's really good. But then, yeah, so when he becomes the, the bad creature, it's very, it's almost like Frederick March, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Ha <laughs> I'm an evil yeah. person, and it yeah, it's very coarse. Um, I'm going to go in the middle because I, I would have given him an eight if it was just the the erudite 
creature even though i don't think he's a creature but i it's such well so well done i would have given him an eight and i would have probably given him a four for the the horrible creature i'm going to go in the middle and give him a six for six okay. all roundedness okay i i gave him a five yeah. so that's okay so that's five and a half all right so what is that that's 4.25 isn't it i think so yeah so 4. Bit about that. oh pardon me. <laughs> 4.25 is 4. he in a caravan no poor poor old post-op carl he's in a caravan all by himself i think he would probably enjoy that the nearest, yeah. yeah, the nearest person to him is a loner as well at number four, Stapleton from the Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh, right. He's next door. No, I think Carl will be all right. I think he'll be all right on his own. He'll get some rest. He, do, he doesn't want yeah. to be stared at. So, no, exactly. You know. So he's ideal now. He's, a, he's in a caravan. He can close the curtains and do what he wants. Yep. All right. So uh, we have a time and place thing on this show, don't yep. we? So we, we have two, two. Well, we've got three because we've got London as well. Yes. Um, so uh, we've got 1860 in Inkstadt because that's where they say, um, you know, the murder of the professor. Yeah. You know, uh, the place. funeral of the professor. 1860 Inkstadt, and then 1863 Carlsbrook and London. All right. Yep. The, the nearest thing in the timeline that we are to that is 26 years after this film, you have the events uh, of The Hound of the Baskervilles was 26 oh, right. years afterwards. All right. Um, and now one, one last ponder from you today. Um, where do you put this in your top 10? Um, Shall I go from the bottom up? Yeah, go from the bottom usual? up. Okay. Well, you, you've got eight films so far, so you've right. got room to put this in. Uh, is it better than The Stranglers of Bombay? Uh, yes, I enjoyed it more than that. I think. Is it better than Fear in the Night? Oh, no, no. No. So I'm going to, yeah, I'll go after Stranglers of Bombay, but before Fear in the Night. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I've put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's not It's not a terrible film, and it's very watchable, and it's very enjoyable. I know it's so, a few people's favourites. Um and it's very well done. I just there's not a lot of meat to it. No, and like you say, there's no standout moments. No, no, not no. at all. Okay. Um, talking about standout moments, are we going to have a standout moment in our next film? Because uh, you choose it, do you not? I hope we do, because I I've not watched this in a few years, but it's one I I watched quite a bit before that, and at one point it was pretty much the only one in this series that I had, so I used to watch it over and over. Because um, you came back round to Frankenstein, so I'm going to come back round to the other big character. Fangy boy. Um, but I'm going to skip one, because the second Dracula wasn't really a Dracula film. He didn't appear in it, so I don't think that's particularly interesting. So I'm going to jump to what I remember as a really good one, and with a bit of actual Bram Stoker sort of writing in certain scenes uh prince of darkness okay okay uh, our, yeah, i now, think our first technoscope isn't it i think it's our first technoscope yeah. and i think this might be the first hammer dracula i ever saw because yeah and this, me too yeah me too this was shown on tv quite a yeah. bit wasn't it yeah i don't know whether it was a rights issue or something like that but we never got uh the original dracula or horror of if you're american um, and we never really got the later ones. Uh, uh, this was the one they showed. I think this was the, the friendly version of Hammer, wasn't it? This was in all the film fairs and the film shows yeah. that they would do. And yeah, this this was definitely one. Th at one point, this was my idea of Hammer Dracula. So. Yeah. And, and a lot of people's to this day, I think, yeah. maybe, you know. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I, we've definitely got standout moments in that. I think so. Yeah. I, I remember it being really good. I think All there's right. a one murder in it that's really gruesome, isn't there? There is, it? yes, yeah. there is, yes. Oh, good, good, excellent. excellent. And uh, I, I haven't got it on Blu-ray. I now have oh, a reason good. to upgrade that to Blu-ray. So yeah, uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, I've got it on Blu-ray, but I can't remember whether it's any good or not. I always get it mixed up with the Blu-ray for um, Satanic Rites which I knew had some sort of rights issue, didn't it? At one point, that was almost public domain and used to get yes. really ratty copies of it. But, uh, yeah, for many years, I had this on the BBC Two show in, which I think was the first time they showed it in scope. I think yeah. I recorded that as well, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Excellent. 
All right, yeah, we're going to go back to our, well, either teen years or our early 20s. For yeah, uh, probably, yeah, probably, well, teen years for me, I suppose, early 20s for you. Yeah, yeah, oh, looking forward to that then. Excellent. Good stuff. So, yeah, two weeks' time then. Okay. All right, see you, Ian. Awesome. See you, Lisa. See you then. Right, bye-bye. Bye.